Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to World Weekly with me, Ben Hall. Today we're going to be discussing reform in Saudi Arabia. The zeal with which the 30-year-old Mohammed bin Salman, deputy crown prince and favourite son of the king, is tackling economic reform represents a radical departure from the past. The kingdom has a long history of painstakingly slow reforms, watered down by political concessions to liberals, matched by those granted conservatives within the religious establishment, on whom the Saudi royals rely for their legitimacy. MBS, as he's known, plans to wean the kingdom off oil and boost the private sector, slashing unemployment along the way. His latest move was to replace Saudi Arabia's veteran oil minister Ali Naimi with a 55-year-old technocrat from state oil giant Aramco. His plan seems highly ambitious and it begs lots of questions, but there is no doubt that the young prince has shaken up expectations about the world's biggest oil exporter and a pivotal power in the Middle East. With me down the line from Saudi Arabia to discuss these questions is Anjali Raval, our oil correspondent, and we are also joined from Dubai by Simeon Kerr, our Gulf correspondent. Anjali, can I start with you? How big a shake-up at the top of Saudi's oil industry is this really? Ali al-Naimi has wanted to retire for years. He's over 80 years old. So the fact that he was being replaced was on the cards, just nobody knew when. But the timing of it is significant. It came after the failure of the big Doha meeting where OPEC and non-OPEC producers failed to agree on, on an agreement to freeze production. So the timing is significant. However, Khalid al-Fale, the former CEO of Saudi Aramco, and who was chairman of the state oil company, he was always a sort of minister-in-waiting. And he has said policy will remain stable, but the appointment really redirects further power towards the king's son, Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. And this has raised more questions about whether oil policy will become more politicised and if there may be any changes further down the line. One of MBS's plans is to sell off a small slice of Saudi Aramco to private investors. Is that achievable? And to what extent will that change Saudi oil policy? The plan to privatise a stake in Saudi Aramco is really to sort of help fund the sovereign wealth fund and diversify the economy away from oil as they move towards more broader privatisation. Now, it's not really clear what this means for oil policy in the future. At the moment, there are still lots of questions about how this stake sale goes ahead. The people in Dharan, where I was yesterday, which is the headquarters of Saudi Aramco, are obviously very optimistic about this. They are going through all the different options about how a listing may take place in terms of the size of it, but also you know, whether it's a dual listing, which stock exchange it would be on. But these are still matters that are being discussed. So even though the CEO of Saudi Aramco, Amin Nasser, said yesterday they are 
at the sort of final stages of putting forward proposals to the Supreme Council of Aramco, which is chaired by Prince Mohammed. At this stage, they're still weighing up lots of different options. But does anybody really think that the Saudi oil industry is anything other than a big political instrument for the regime in Saudi Arabia in the sense that it is a source of Saudi power and a source of money for the government there. Isn't it always going to be a political machine? You're right. Saudi Arabia derives, I think, more than 90% of its revenues from the oil industry. But that is exactly the point. They want to move away from that. and They need to diversify to ensure that its economy has stability in the future. Operationally, the industry does regard Saudi Aramco as a professional organization as any other. But the difficulty is, when it comes to a listing of any kind, what happens when it comes to things like royalties, taxes, what kind of regulatory requirements will Aramco face, particularly if there is a listing abroad? They may have to make disclosures on things like reserves. It's very, very sensitive information, and they've never had to reveal the secretive data before. So that's where the struggle is. It's not really about Saudi Aramco, the company, whether it can behave professionally. It's largely to do with things like disclosures and valuation. That's where the uncertainty lies. Sim, if I may come to you, is MBS a champion of that kind of modernisation in Saudi oil industry? Or is he simply seeing this as a way of raising money for the government and for the country as a whole? Well, yes. I mean, all this discussion flows from the fiscal crisis, the drop in the oil price, the lack of government oil revenues. Selling off Aramco would give an instant windfall in that respect. But he's been very clear and keen to point out that this is part of the greater plan. This is part of boosting transparency. The country is very opaque and there hasn't been much of this disclosure in the past. He hopes that bringing this market discipline to Aramco sends a big sign to the whole economy that all other state-related entities, they're going to have to follow the same example. They're going to have to become more efficient like Aramco already is, but then also be more open. Now, that's certainly how he's couching the narrative around Aramco. And certainly he would very much want to broaden it out to the rest of the economy because this is what's going to help diversify the revenues away from oil. Clearly, there's some resistance within the kingdom, but generally, especially amongst the youth, everyone is very excited about the prospect of such a revamp of the economy. So it's it's all part of this broader plan of galvanising the population behind it and also uh, challenging the bureaucracy to try and catch up with this rather rapid speed with which he's moving at the top level. The economic ambitions are certainly lofty. Are they realistic, though? There's a lot of scepticism about whether he will be able to push this through against deep entrenched interest within the economy, including some within his own family. There's also the bureaucracy, which you know managed to see off previous reform efforts. And also there's the population at large who, while they see a plan that's very, very exciting and you know ticks many boxes in their minds, at the same time it's asking, essentially it's asking people to work harder, longer, in competitive jobs for less money and to not be able to rely on a cradle-to-grave welfare state to pay more for the petrol and the electricity and their water bills. You know, there's a big ask for the people of Saudi Arabia and in the long term whether it will be accepted. You know, there are real questions and, and it's doubtful. However, as I said earlier, at the moment at least, there is broad-based agreement that Saudi Arabia can no longer go on as it is 
and that they're going to have to do something about this over-dependence on hydrocarbon revenue. And, you know, even if the oil price comes up a bit, it's just not sustainable over the next 20 to 30 years. So there is a moment in history where there seems to be broad-based buying into the plan, but whether you can push it through, that's going to be very difficult. Angeli, do you see any sign that Saudi oil strategy will change, that they will back away from their policy of keeping prices low uh, and shaking out higher cost producers, particularly in the US? The CEO of Aramco yesterday told foreign media that production in 2016 will remain just as high, if not a little bit higher than 2015. So this is a sign that Saudi Arabia is in no mood to curb its production for the benefit of its rivals, for example, Russia or the US. So in terms of its strategy since that fateful November 2014 meeting of OPEC, I don't think that anything is going to change on that front. As I said before, I think the questions are more about future policy. Will Saudi Aramco, will Saudi Arabia really ramp up its production in time to come? Or will it decide that it should push up its spare production capacity? If those things change, I think that that will be a very significant move. Okay, my thanks to Anjali Raval and Simeon Kerr. World Weekly is produced by Fiona Simon. Until next week. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Goodbye.